Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I think it's amazing. I mean, you, you guys know when he walks in the huddle, it's different. Uh, this guy's got six rings and uh, yeah, he knows what he's doing. So, yeah, there's going to be a ton of confidence in him, not only on offense, but on defense. Our defensive players are going to are going to feel the same way, and uh, and look forward to going going against each other. Uh, but yeah, there's there's a ton of confidence that they automatically bring in. They they got a pretty good resume. This is the big nasty, yeah, big nasty Hall of Fame Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't listening, and you're missing out. gentlemen to a brand new edition of the cannon fire podcast we're back at you today for episode 121 training camp is officially underway and when i tell you this i, I cannot be more excited you know the, the tone of the last episode which by the way if you haven't checked that out you really should some of the information is a little dated but it really is a good football conversation we had with our buddy taylor jenkins over at pewter report but the tone of that whole episode was like, well, we don't know if there's going to be a training camp. The NFLPA and the NFL are really far apart on their discussions and they're coming to an agreement. Well, you know, in classic CFP fashion, we released that episode and then two hours later, a deal is put together and the NFLPA and the NFL have hashed it out. And as of right now, it looks like we are still slated to have football in the fall. And with that being said, training camp started this week. All players, veterans, quarterbacks, and rookies have reported to One Buck Place. Some of them going to undergo some last-minute testing procedures. And we've got football on our hands. But welcome back to the show. We're going to get you all caught up on a big week of news for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And we're very excited to bring it to you. I'm your host, as always, Rhett Matthew. Joined alongside me, my good buddy and co-host, the Philly Bucks fan himself. Mr. Evan Wanish. Evan, how you doing today, my friend? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm really excited. You know, I, I get more and more excited as time goes by because for a while we were talking about the uncertainty of things, but now that I'd say the past week, like this whole, the restart of sports just as a whole has given me hope. And obviously, you know, the MLB, the Florida Marlins have their situation, the Miami Marlins, excuse me, they're not the Florida Marlins anymore, but that crappy team down south that plays baseball has, you know, their own problems going on right now. But the NBA bubble has been successful. So far, the NHL bubble is looking to be pretty successful. A lot of positive news coming out of the testing from both of those. But just Can I tell you why I think the Marlins are like the worst team in all of sports? Because of Derek Jeter? Well, partly, but <laughs> I think he needs to because, chalk up some blame on some of this, man. So, so uh, you know, uh, I'm I'm a Phillies fan, as probably most of you listening by now know. So, of course, you know the Phillies, the Marlins, everybody knows the Marlins are terrible, right? Like they are just a terrible baseball team, and the Phillies 
like the Marlins are like thirteen and ten against the Phillies, like oh. with in like their last like meetings or whatever, and they're like fifty two and one hundred and thirteen against everybody else. So the they Phillies always find a way to squeak it out. Team. And then not only can they not beat them, they take two of three from the Phillies on opening weekend in embarrassing fashion, and then they potentially give them a deadly virus. So just great stuff, you know, and, and now that the Phillies can't play until at least Friday. So yeah, fantastic. Kinda... Thank you a lot, Miami Marlins. Oh, good Lord. But, you know, it's something that we thought was going to happen. Um, to see it happen in the degree that it did for the MLB, it's a good thing this isn't a baseball podcast because we could spend the entire hour that we have together talking about this and just how shameful it kind of is. But with that being said, before I move on, I think we need to focus more on the Buccaneer news side of things. Actually, so let's go ahead and move on is what I meant to say there. Sorry. I'm kind of stumbling over my own words here. I haven't done show prep that well in a while. Hey, it's still it's still like the preseason for us, basically. I'm so. saying, dude. So let's get into it. We have actually got some developments, and we are recording fresh off the heels of a Bruce Arians press conference. How about that? And, yeah, it was a Zoom call, but he was in one buck. He had the mm -hmm. drop behind him, the backdrop. He had his face mask on, so he was a little muffled. It was hard to understand him, but he dropped some key nuggets of knowledge that we're going to op open up the show for you today with. So, first and foremost, Buccaneers did announce this week that their third-round pick, Keyshawn Vaughn, the running back, has been placed on the covid reserve list now what this means isn't exactly that he tested positive for it but it means he either tested positive or he came in contact with someone who did so what it means to be on this list is right now he just needs to quarantine and since it's still the middle of july i got a feeling he'll be back ready to go for the start of the season yeah i mean he'll be back i think by the time they start doing pads um yeah he's he's not the only thing he's going to miss is probably, you know, like any like on field like workouts that some players do, maybe some, you know, lifting weight and stuff. But obviously he can attend like all like meetings like virtually and, um, you know, like by the time they start doing pads or whatever, he'll be he should be fine. But yeah, um, not 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 an ideal start, but I mean, it's all right. And I, I saw a few people wondering because the Bucks posted on social media all their rookies signing their rookie contracts and. They, um, when they posted Vaughn, he didn't have a mask on, and people were like, "Oh, the only one with potentially the virus isn't the one wearing a mask." Look, he was in his hotel room. Like, the rest of the players were in the facility. You you have to have a mask on inside the facility. Exactly. But in his hotel room, like, give him a break. Like, he was in his hotel room. Just it, it annoyed me. I don't know why, but I was like, <laughs> just, just like stop, just stop. Well, and it, when it comes to stuff like this, and I hate to say it, with how political this whole virus itself has become, it seems like people are always going to have something to say, whether it's good or bad. So you just got to let it roll off of your back. And I'm sure for Keyshawn Vaughn, it's not going to be the first time or the last time in his career that people have, you know, had something to say about his business. But with that being said, yeah, perfect tidbit you brought up there. Buccaneers have officially put pen to paper with every single member of that 2020 draft class. You saw the pictures come out today. Rookies were in one buck place putting pen to paper. So that is great to see. Draft class has been locked up just in time for training camp. You love to see it. Now, another guy that we talked about last week on the show, we kind of fumbled around with the idea of if he's even going to be there or not, the replacements that could be offered. And he still does have some time to make up his mind, but that's left tackle Donovan Smith. Bruce Arian said in his presser today, that he expects Donovan to report on time, at least from everything he's talked to him about and uh, the knowledge that he has, he's expecting him to report to training camp. There was another report that had come out a few hours before the press conference, kind of 
reiterating that same thing, said that Donovan Smith is expected to be there regardless of his comments before. So it's still a wait and see period, but as of right now, looking for uh, looking good for Donovan making a comeback for training camp. Yeah, it does look good. And um, I mean, today you had what probably 10, 11, well, excuse me, 10, 11 players say they're often out. And, and I mean, six or I seven mean, of those played for New England, by the way. <clears throat> Yeah, they are. They're they're gonna get Trevor Lawrence. Um, <laughs> so like Dante Hightower, a lot of people were looking at Dante Hightower situation. Now Dante Hightower was probably the biggest name today to opt out, and they were looking at his situation. And the reason he opted out is because he just had a kid like six weeks ago. Yeah. So people were looking at that and were like, oh my god, like Donovan Smith is like he's already thinking about potentially opting out because of his kid. Like he's definitely gonna opt out, but according to Jeremy Fowler of ESPN and you know what Bruce Arian said it does appear that Donovan Smith expected to at least show up to camp and um you know start to start to start this thing up yeah. um you know it, I'm I'm a little this MLB thing has me a little bit scared and I I, I want to go back to that for just a second because yeah. you know what I text yesterday right I said basically I would start brainstorming ideas we can do for, you know, like the winter months because depending on how this the MLB reacts to this situation, there would definitely be no football. Um, you know, it doesn't. Uh, it's too late. And a lot of people have asked me, well, why can't you just do a bubble? It's too late for a bubble. It, it, it's too, if you it, it's too to late do that, to do a bubble with that amount of people, by the way. Let's exactly. keep that in mind because each yeah. team in the NFL, you're looking to bubble close to 100 people. Yeah, I mean – it's just that it's not it's not realistic. Okay, so that's not going to work. So the one league without a bubble was the MLB. The NBA has been doing a great job. The NHL is doing a great job, right? Games in the NHL are starting today. Exhibition games. The NBA have been doing exhibition games, and there's been zero positive tests. The the MLB was the one where like people were it was cool because people were able to travel to the home ballparks and play in the home ballparks and stuff. But now, all of a sudden, it's in jeopardy. So that's a scary sight for the NFL. If the MLB shuts down before the NFL even gets week one underway, I don't see a way the season finishes. However, the good news here, the silver lining, is that it does appear like the MLB is hell-bent on uh, you know, just sticking with the season and, and not giving up. So I don't think the NFL is going to give up. I, just, I, I have some more concerns now than I did two, three weeks ago. It definitely is something that concerns me, a red flag that pops up. But kind of like a lot of other things going on in the world of sports right now, I think it's just a wait-and-see process. You know, right now it's hard for me to jump on the bandwagon and say, yep, we might as well pack it up because of the MLB. We're not going to have football this season. And I totally get the concerns because, trust me, I'm just as concerned. I try not to act like it, but I am very concerned that we won't have football. But as of right now... We are still slated to have football, so for the rest of the show, I think we're going to talk that direction, assuming that we do have football, because I will say, there are both sides of the story. Again, you brought up how successful the NBA bubble is, the NHL bubble is happening, and, um, you know, we just kind of have to hope that it translates over to sports who aren't doing that same process. It'll be difficult, and it'll be hard to watch at times, I'm sure, but we'll figure it out, and I think the NFL, just like you said about the MLB, is hell-bent on having a 2020 season, so let's get this S figured out. Some more Buccaneer news from this week, something we can take away from Bruce Arian's Zoom call a little bit earlier, is the status of safety Justin Evans. I believe Greg Allman had shoehorned, it was like a follow-up question, it was very nice, because 
I heard the question that he had asked him first. I don't even remember what it was. And then he says, also, how is Justin Evans doing, by the way? And it was very quick. It was very nice. It's not very good point. I'll, oh, I love to hear that stuff. But with that being said, Bruce says that he expects Justin Evans to start training camp on the PUP list. Evan, what does this mean for him playing at all this season? Do you expect it to happen? Man, I don't know. It's if he does, it ain't gonna be for a while. It's not gonna be for until at least like you know, like week four, week five, maybe. I mean, that's man. Whenever you're you're put on something like that, it's it's never a good sign, especially when the Bucks were hopeful that he'd be able to not necessarily go you know full speed in training camp, but he'd be able to to participate in most of camp. And, and I mean, right now. Um, you know, right now that's just not obviously not going to happen. Um, so man, it's, it's so tough to say because there's just so little info on it. You know, if, if Greg doesn't ask that question, is he even brought up? Probably not. Right. Um, so it, it, it's tough to say if I had to bet just easy bet, no, he won't play this year. Um, that's just the easy bet, but I don't know the severity of the injury. I don't know how close he actually is. Um, you know, we'll just have to wait and see. And this whole season, I think it's going to be a lot of wait and see. Yeah, absolutely. And one more thing I wanted to take from the Bruce Arians press conference before we move on to this agreement that the NFLPA wrote up. Somebody that was brought up that was a pleasant surprise for me was John Franklin. We talked about him a little while ago and maybe what his role would be in this training camp. I think we brought it up either last week or the week before. Um, but he's a guy that we've seen have a little bit of success everywhere. You know, he, he's been a DB. He's a wide receiver on the Buccaneers roster right now. He can play backup quarterback. Um, they used him in that Wildcat formation end of the year last year, and he had some success in it. They used him as a mock to Sean Watson when they were scrimmaging, doing walkthroughs before the Texans game. Like, this guy, in a sense, can do it all on the practice field. You don't know how it translates to the NFL because he doesn't have that shot yet. But he was brought up in conversation today, and Bruce said this. You know, he praised the versatility of this guy, um, the athleticness that he does possess. But it's up to him right now to make this squad as a wide receiver. He said maybe, just maybe, we could see him at that third quarterback spot. But as of right now, in this training camp, we got to see him make this squad at a wide receiver. And I'll be honest, that's that's a pretty uphill battle. <laughs> that's, that's, uh Yeah. That either wide receiver or linebacker, you're trying to make it there. You're you're in tough shape. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> that's not going to be an easy easy thing. But you got to think. I mean, they're going to carry at most six, right? So you got Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Tyler Johnson, Scotty Miller. I would say those four are probably the locks. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously Justin Watson, who's a veteran, they're going to want to keep him. So that's five already. So if they're going to keep six. Who gets that last spot, right? Is it uh, – I don't even remember. Like, they signed a bunch of free agent wide receivers too. Um, so, I mean, there's a ton of people there uh, at the position, and that's even if they carry six, which I don't believe they did last year. So, I mean, he might have to make a player to, you know, like really stand out in, in practice. And that's the tough part. You can't make it stand out in preseason because there is none. And that's just going to be how it works. Um, so, I mean, I, I like him. I like John, John Franklin. I think he can be not necessarily like an exact like wide receiver. Like you line him up, he's running around catching the ball. 
but I, I think he can be a good little gadget player for them. They, they proved, you know, that with that Wildcat thing that they did that, I mean, what was it? It was like a 12-yard gain. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it was it was a cool little play. Um, I still remember from Last Chance U, uh, the first season, um, which actually the new season, I believe, premiered today. So. Oh, go uh, check that out. Low, low connection there. Uh, yeah, Netflix plug. Where's our sponsorship? Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> so, um, I mean, I like John Franklin. Uh, I, I think, like you said, though, it's an uphill battle uh, when you're talking about the wide receiver position. Uh, if he was listed at running back, he might have a better shot, maybe. Um, but, I mean, we'll have to see. You know, I don't – off the top of my head, I'm trying to think if the Bucks really play any mobile quarterbacks this season – Patrick Mahomes is a little bit mobile, but, um, you know, you could use him like that, just like you said, you know, Deshaun Watson, um, that's a big deal, and you can use a guy like that. So he definitely has value. I just don't know if he's going to be able to have a shot. Yeah, and the importance of what you had just said was bringing up the no preseason because since last week, part of that NFLPA agreement was they just canceled the preseason. So there are no preseason games You've got an extended training camp, but the sentiment a lot among a lot of coaches, including Bruce Arians, is you just can't replicate the reps that you missed back in the spring. You know, that's when a lot of your learning is done. You know, you learn in walkthroughs and you learn in OTAs. That's where you really get it all down and get it down to a science to go out there and execute. So with that time being missed, you look at a lot of these undrafted guys who unfortunately just aren't going to get as fair of a shot as they would any other season. And it's the elements of where we are in the world right now, and unfortunately, we just kind of have to wait and see how it plays out. But let's get out of training camp, and let's talk a little bit more about the process of training camp and mostly the agreement that the NFLPA and the NFL agreed to. So really quickly, before we move on into this agreement, here is the acclimation period for training camp this season. July 28th, the day that we are recording this, is the official start date, quote-unquote, for NFL training camp. Here is the acclimation period. You've got eight days of strength, conditioning, and walkthroughs. You've got four days with shells and helmets only. And then you have a maximum of 14 days in pads starting on August 17th. So, you know, somebody had asked Bruce during the conference the importance of getting those live action reps, getting those full hits in. Because one, you don't have as much time to adjust your body to taking hits from other guys that are 250, 300 pounds coming at you full speed. But... Just the importance of not only technique, but, yeah, technique, cleaning it all up. Uh, I think week one, two, three of the NFL season, you're going to see some plays, but I think you're going to see a lot of ugly football, and uh, that's just kind of where we are right now. Yeah, um, that football, <laughs> yeah, there's going to be some plays, like you <laughs> said, but uh, I'm actually kind of looking forward to that because, I don't know, it's just it's something different, like, you know, and I, I understand, like, the like the, the purists will be like, oh, this isn't, you know, this isn't football and stuff like that. Because there's going to be a lot of penalties. Um, there's going to be a lot of, you know, like, boneheaded plays. Uh, but I'm sort of looking forward to it because, like, a sloppy game, I feel like, could be kind of exciting. Because, like, <laughs> r- routine things that normally, like, you're like, okay, well, this is boring. Like, a, like a punt. Right, most of the time the guy's gonna catch the punt. What if he drops it this time? Right, you know, uh, I mean, it's, I don't know. The first three, four weeks I think are gonna be exciting. These guys are gonna pick it up quick. 
They're professionals. They'll pick it, especially they're playing full games, they're not like preseason where you play a drive or two drives right. a quarter. Right, they're going to be playing full four quarters. They're going to pick it up after three or four games. Yeah. Uh, but you know that those first, you know, versus New Orleans versus Carolina, um, who's our week three game? Oh my God, I don't know, uh, Denver, um, San Diego. Sorry, not San Diego, Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, yeah. Those those first four games, they they could be uh, they could be kind of. I don't want to say funny, but that's like the one word I'm going to use. Entertaining, like very entertaining, more entertaining than normal, you know, NFL game. I should say. Just I would say that I for think any, it, I think it adds more unpredictability if they're like sloppy. I think for anybody who is unaccustomed to sloppy football, you know, for a long time the Bucks were referred to as the best bad team in the NFL, and that's because they had moments where they played great football, and then they had moments where you would have sworn ten of the eleven starters had just completely forgotten what sport they were playing. I um, still are, but so with that being said, I, I think the rest of the league. Still are. If you want to be honest, I think the rest of the league is going to get a little sample size of what uh, some really bad Tampa Bay football looks like because we talk sloppy football. I think if there's anything that we have been shooting ourselves in the foot with in Tampa for the past, what, 20 years, it's been sloppy football. So I am a little excited to see it, but um, it'll definitely be interesting to see guys like Tom Brady translate. The the penalty flags after two, three plays, every two, three plays, it's going to be frustrating. Oh, yeah. It'll definitely be something. Like they're only be just like you said. Like most teams are gonna be sloppy, and there's gonna be a handful of teams. Like maybe like the Chiefs, the Saints, the Ravens. Like those like elite teams probably won't be as sloppy as others. But like, dude, watch some like Bengals games or something. Or oh or, god, uh, why would or, I do you know, that? The, the Washington football team. Well, watch watch some of those games, and just it, it could be a comedy show. The Washington football team. You got it, buddy. Uh, so let <laughs> let's get into the details of these deals that were struck. This one regarding training camp, the NFL and NFL Players Association came to an agreement last week on several issues that led to the start of training camp for the 2020 season. Among those items were opt-out provisions due to COVID-19 and the future of the salary cap after this season. The NFL and the NFLPA had already agreed on canceling the preseason and reducing the training camp rosters from 90 players down to 80. Teams have until August 16th to reduce their current rosters to meet that 80-player limit. Now, when it comes to testing procedures regarding training camp, testing procedures have already been agreed to. The NFL quarterbacks and rookies were tested for COVID on Thursday, July 23rd. They were tested again on Sunday, July 26th. Hopefully, those players pass those tests, and if they do, they are allowed to attend meetings, workouts, and any other activity at the team's headquarters and practice facilities for next week. So, for the Bucks, seems like Keyshawn Vaughn is our only casualty of that rule, but everybody else has been recording, and I haven't heard any other bad news out of One Buck Place regarding those testing procedures. The veterans reported for testing on July 28th. They come back for additional testing on Wednesday, July 29th, and then again on Friday, July 30th. If the veterans pass all three tests, then they are allowed to attend meetings, workouts, and any other activity at the team's headquarters and practice facilities the first week of August. And there's a temporary IR for a COVID positive player and placement is immediate. His return is subject to medical clearance. A team may move up a practice squad player to replace him, but then they can move that player back to the practice squad with no waivers required. So a little bit of adjustments, and then that's mostly for the operation of training camp and, of course, the COVID-19 opt-out option. But let's get into a little bit more of the information on the deal that they struck about the season 
So, the NFL and the NFLPA Executive Committee have agreed upon all the major pieces of the return to play plan. It includes a salary cap floor of $175 million in 2021, and then the cap smooth through 2023 and benefit reductions through that same year, 2023. A big thing that I saw, no play, no pay in 2020. In reference to no play, no pay, that means if games are canceled, then players just simply won't get paid. The NFL, NFLPA leadership have allowed for opt-outs with a stipend. The players will have to decide within the next 10 days if they are going to opt out. So obviously, it's not 10 days anymore since the day of recording this. I want to say it is 5 or 6, but those guys choosing to opt out as more and more do come out and opt out over the past few days, they've still got a few days to decide if they really want to do it or not. But what do you make yeah. of this agreement that they got moving forward? Do you think it uh, ultimately makes it easier on everybody else? I mean, it makes it easier. Um, you know, there's obviously different protocols in place for each league, and uh, this is the NFL's version. And I think it's some of them are, are good. Um, I think they're trying to do it. It's, it's tough because at the end of the day, you know, the biggest risk that you're going to be taking is playing the actual game. It's not necessarily, you know, in the building. It's it's when you put on the pads and you start making contact with other people. Yeah, that's the riskiest part. But that's the part they can't get rid of. So like that's that makes it tricky. So I think they've done a good job of you know, and I'm sure there there are probably more protocols. Like for like the regular season, I'm sure there's going to be like you know no handshakes or no high fives or no jersey swaps. We know about that one. Yeah, no, 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 maybe like no you know group celebrations for touchdowns and stuff like that. God, man, that hurts my heart. Um, you know it's so. I mean, I I would expect those to come out. You know, as we get closer, I I think there's going to be a little bit more restrictions put on because there's there has to be. Um. You know, I think they have a solid plan. It's just I'm not sure. It's just the nature of how the game is played. I'm just not sure if you're going to be able to do it. That's the, that's the the boat I'm in right now. Um, to where I'm just not 100 percent sure because there's no way to avoid playing football without contact, right? Yeah. Even two hand touch, you're making contact with the person. Flag football. You're if you're playing the game of football, you're always going to make contact with somebody. So there's just no way to avoid that, and that's the scariest part. And that's why I think you're seeing a lot of people opt out. Yeah, I think yeah, they're concerned about you know, well, what if I get in the building, you know, around guys and contracted to my family? They know that they're going to have to put on the pads and helmet to even play. And you know, the the no no play no pay, man, I don't I don't necessarily like that. I feel like them getting no money for I understand that if the season's not happening it would basically be like you're not working and you're not getting any money but man just they, these guys sign contracts and with guaranteed money and I, I just I think they should get something like yeah I'm mean, maybe not like their their full salary but I mean come on I think what that rule in particular kind of follows is that string that pattern of these NFL owners wanting to dip their toe in and kind of just pick up lost revenue from, you know, the people yeah. that are not going to be sitting in the stands, from the uh, the TV money that's not going to be coming in from Monday Night Football because you don't have a stadium packed full of people. So it's, 
you know, stuff like that, I can imagine they're trying to recoup their losses, but I, I do definitely see the angle that you're taking on players just not getting that guaranteed money, and I'm with you. I've said it before here on the show, I think players in the NFL deserve all the money that they have coming to them. Like, I'm not ever going to sit here and say, well, this player shouldn't get this money because da-da-da-da-da. I mean, if you're a quarterback who threw 30 picks and you're asking for 30 mil, then that's a little different, but you know what I mean here in the sense. I'm a player's guy, and, you know, going back to that, I'm a player's guy. If one of these players decides to opt out... Dude, we just have to go past it. That's all we do. If we spend more time on it, more people are going to notice that I said it, and then nobody's going to watch the show anymore. Um, (laughs) uh, But with that being said, if one of these guys decides to opt out because of their own safety, whatever the case may be, all you can do is respect it. Like, there's, you know, it's a choice. It's their choice. That's what it boils down to. And I think Bruce said that actually today in his conferences. It's their choice. All you got to do is respect it. You you know, it's... The and there, the there day. could be some coaches to opt out. There, there definitely could be. Yeah. Bruce Arians will not be opting out, but there, there could be some coaches to opt out. One Bruce Arians my... was asked in this press conference if yeah. he potentially is going to sit in a booth, and he said no. Like, oh, I'm not he laughed to. and he, he had, said he had no. The option. He, he's like, there's he no the way in hell to. I'm going to be coaching from a booth. He's... Yeah, but he, I mean, he had the option too, but you know, he doesn't want to do that. But yeah, there would definitely be probably no head coaches. I, w- I wouldn't expect any head coaches to opt out, but like some trainers and like some, some assistant coaches, guys. definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think I think could you could see them opt out. I think everybody in the NFL has the right to opt out. I don't think it's just the players. Yeah, absolutely. And and with that being said, if they decide to opt out, all you can do is respect it. If Donovan Smith decides yeah, not exactly. to play football tomorrow then we're not going to come here on the show and trash him for it. We'll talk about his yeah. decision. We'll give our thoughts on it, but I'm not going to crap yeah. on the guy. If, if we if we hear that you call out, you know, sick for a day, you know, and say that, you know, you're not going to be coming back for a week because, you know, you're concerned about your safety or you're, you're concerned about something at your workplace, we're not going to call you up on, our, on uh, you know, on your phone and criticize you for it. And you shouldn't either because, you know, this is their, their – at the end of the day – they're still living life. Yeah, they're other they're human, human beings. beings. They're, <laughs> they're not robots, okay? The, these are not robots. That's in 15 years when the NFL replaces all humans with robots. But they they are not robots here that are just going to go out and do what they need to do. Yes, they want to play, but they also want to be as safe as possible. And in Donovan Smith's case, he is a newborn baby. Right now, that's priority one. I don't care about football if you're talking about that, right? I, I could care less about football if you know if if he seriously thinks that he's gonna you know he could potentially contract it and then that could if I mean the kid can get it, it the kid definitely can get it you know you don't know and it could you know at at the you know it's, you know early stages of the baby that could do some really da- good damage so you know at the end of the day this isn't something to be criticizing people for and luckily I haven't really seen it. Um, too much. Uh, anybody that opted out, um, like Marquise Goodwin, the the Eagles wide receiver, opted out today. He is a he is a a kid. I think it's a, a little bit older, like eleven or twelve months. Um, and but his wife has had missed three miscarriages, so they don't want to take any chances. Yeah, which is a one hundred percent fine. It's their right to do. And you know what? If you don't want to play, support them. It's not like if there was no virus going on, they said, no, okay, yeah, then sure, right? Then you can trash them. But there's a serious issue going on in America, in the world right now, 
and this isn't something to be making fun of people. And I've seen a lot of people, oh, man, I hope he does opt out. Why? So you want so you want you want him to opt out, but you don't want you know you you don't want to see Tom Brady get killed because that's what would happen. And that's the thing so. too is that I wanted to say this a little bit earlier when we had mentioned it. Donovan Smith and his choice, as of what we've heard right now, as of what the reports say, and it's a big, Bruce it's a big, said, big addition. Oh, dude, it's huge! Like I don't think people understand how big it is to have your starting left tackle because you know he is the most crapped on guy on the team. He's Donovan Smith. He's a guy who has some low lights, but. He's I mean, not once as bad. Joe McCoy left, it was Jameis Winston. Then once Jameis Winston left, it was Donovan Smith. The first name that Bruce said when asked about Donovan Smith not playing, they brought up replacements. He said, yeah, well, you know, Joe Haig has played over there a little bit. Um, I think he brought up a guy like Brad Seaton playing over there. He didn't necessarily say that Tristan Wirfs would just make the jump to left tackle yeah. and everything would be hunky-dory. Yeah, he's got experience playing over there, but you're going to take an rookie. experienced guy like Joe Haig over the rookie. You're trying. You're trying. You're trying to teach Tristan Wirfs right now how to be a pro. And this is your right. first time you, you get him in the building. This is the yeah. first time Tristan Wirfs has been in the building. So yeah, it's that's a tough ask. But um, also, if Donovan Smith does opt out, the the Bucks would get more cap space for this season. They would. So that could be significant, and they could potentially look to sign somebody. Maybe not necessarily left tackle, but maybe you know. I don't even want to say this, but maybe they jump into the Javion Clowney sweepstakes, mm. something like that. You know, you know. Obviously, it only depends on if he opts out. But like, I hope he doesn't opt out because right now, Donovan Smith on this team is more important than a Javion Clowney. So oh, very much so. Uh, you know, I mean, they would get more cap space. Obviously, Jason Peters is no longer available, but Demar Dothan's still out there. Um, I still believe there's some people out there, you know, obviously I, I, I wouldn't take Rhett's advice and sign Greg Robinson if I were them, but you know, <laughs> I, I still think there are plenty of options to go, uh, to go around. Oh you know? so man. We'll, we'll just have to see how it all plays out. Like I said, the Bucks aren't out of the clear yet. It's not like Donovan Smith's definitely playing, but it's, it's a very encouraging sign that it sounds like he's going to report to camp. So No, you're right. And I think one more thing we need to mention before we move on to our last story of the show here today is that, um, you know, unless Donovan Smith opts out, I think it's safe to say that the Bucks are not going to be adding any more free agents throughout the rest of this offseason. You sign yeah. the rest of the draft class, that's the rest of the cap space that you had, and uh, I think we're pretty much solid on what this Bucks team is going to look like on the field in 2020, unless, of course, Donovan Smith opts out, but... That's a whole nother episode. If it happens, we'll talk to you about all the things the Bucks can do, what they might do, and uh, again, we'll just wait and see. Maybe that's the name of the episode is we'll wait and see. <laughs> One more feel-good story before we get out of here. We got a little bit of beef on Twitter, and uh, you know me, man. I love some good beef on Twitter. Don't we all? That's why I use the damn platform. I still sometimes cannot believe that it's free, but a little earlier this week, L.A. Chargers wide receiver Keenan Allen wrote on Twitter that he believes he should be ranked higher, and he named three players. Tyreek Hill of the Kansas City Chiefs, and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, whom Allen believes all of those guys are too high if they're in the top 70. This is the tweet. Okay. I'm tired of biting my tongue. He said biting as in like biting, like past tense. Okay. I'm tired of biting my tongue. At Cheetah, Tyreek Hill. At Mike Evans 13 and at Chris Goodwin. Goodwin. And the list goes on are not a better wide receiver than me. Faster than me every day of the week, but separation child, please, I am better. Um, well, 
you know, if you come out and you say something about Mike Evans. Bro, he didn't, like, Mike Evans, you know, Mike Evans, Tyreek Hill, and Chris Goodwin were minding their own business. <laughs> and right. Keenan Allen just comes out of nowhere and just tags them all. Like, Poor Chris Goodwin's, like, working his shift at public. Poor, yeah, yeah, Chris Goodwin's, like, bagging groceries at Publix, and his phone just starts vibrating for 15 yeah. minutes straight. So yeah, and then he gets all the texts, you know, oh, Tyreek Hill wants to go one-on-one with you. Ah, right. Yeah, yeah. So first things first, he got Chris Goodwin's name wrong. <laughs> um, first things first, if you're going to come out and you're going to say something about Big Mike Evans, uh, he's going to have a rebuttal. He's kind of been a guy who has shown before he's not afraid to stand his ground, and he's not afraid to speak his mind about, one, not only how good he thinks he is compared to the rest of the league, but, two, how good he thinks everybody else is. And this was the response from our wide receiver one Mike Evans. He said, you tagged the wrong Chris Godwin. <laughs> and don't be mad at us. We don't make the rankings, and we don't care about them. I like the confidence, but re- be realistic. You are not on my level, bro. And um, what he, everything you said there was a fact. Uh, they did, they don't. They don't make. The, they don't sit there and make the list. They don't care about the list. And he's not on his level. So, well, if you're a guy like Mike Evans or Chris Godwin, you don't care about that list. But if you're Michael Thomas or Keenan Allen, apparently you're just you know sitting around on your phone waiting to tweet everybody about how upset and disgruntled I, I, you are. I will say. I will say one thing. I do think at this current stage, Keenan Allen is better than Chris Godwin. Oh God damn. Uh, I, I I believe he is. I think fifty people just tuned out of the show because you said that. Oh oh well. You're gonna. It's, I mean, it's, it's, uh, listen. I'm not gonna let you off the hook. I'm gonna let you have your opinion, but you have to give me like some good details as to why. I just just look at stats. Like Chris Godwin isn't a finished. Over product. the past three Chris seasons, isn't a finished product over the past yet. three seasons, Keenan Allen has 18 touchdowns. Chris Godwin has 17. Okay. He's not a finished product yet. That's why I'm saying he's a more key. I'm looking at the whole body of work, not just the last three seasons. Okay. And yes, it is. Keenan Allen does have a, you know an advantage. Really, he does because he's been in the league longer. Of course, he's had Philip Rivers. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, Godwin said slinging James Winston, baby. What do you mean? Well, when it comes uh, to the comparison of Mike Evans to Keenan Allen, that's the what I greatest meant. Quarterback ever. Right. James yeah. Winston. Yeah. Um. You know, but. I, I think like Mike Evans is better than Keenan Allen. There, fifty people can tune back in. Um, so I think Mike Evans is head and shoulders better than Keenan Allen. I think they're on two different tiers of wide receivers so here's, here's when you the, talk about those here, two guys. Here's the thing that I struggle with, and why I don't, I didn't really argue with this as much. Keenan Allen is out there in L.A. I've probably seen when they're not playing the Bucks. I've probably seen the Chargers play football about four times in the last three years. So is the rest so, of their fans. Don't worry. I did. Wow. <laughs> what did they do to you? Um, you you're you're taking shots today. Um, so <laughs> am I? Basically, it's just <sighs> like it's just like the Chargers fans did nothing to you. You're you Keenan Allen, the Chargers fans. They did nothing to you, and you just attacked them. Well, Chargers fans don't listen to our show for a reason, so I guess if they had one, they're going to tune well, out now. Well, because they're Chargers fans. Mm. They're just upset because they didn't get Tom Brady. It's okay. That is true. Even... Tom Brady did have to look at uh, L.A.'s wide receiver core, compare it to Tampa Bay, and make that decision for himself. So I it guess I'll just leave it at that. nothing to do with Tampa Bay being on the East Coast. Nothing. It just had that the wide receiver <laughs> core. That's all it had to do with <laughs> Oh, man. Let me have a little bit of fun. I get a little biased here on the show. That's the whole point of it. We are a fan podcast. Um, I think Chris Godwin's better than Keenan Allen, regardless of him not being a finished product or not. I get the point that you're coming from, and I totally get it. And I'll be honest with you. 
I want to see Chris Godwin be a number one wide receiver for a team. I think he can do it. I think he can do it for 31 teams in the NFL. But well, once Mike Evans leaves in three years, like I said, he would. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Whatever. <laughs> But Chris Godwin actually eventually jumped onto this tweet as well, and he replied. He's like, all right, man, I didn't know you felt that way, but uh, Chris Goodwin's not better than me either. <laughs> so, um, well, Keon Allen's not better than Chris Goodwin. Chris Goodwin could smoke Keon Allen. You think so? You think put so? Chris Goodwin at corner and Keon Allen at wide receiver, it's done. Did you see Chris Goodwin's profile picture? No, I did not. Come on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look it up here. I'm going to describe what his profile picture exactly looks like. Okay. So here come I'm the dogs to... like they do at the end of every episode. Thanks for listening to us, by the way, if you're still here at the 40-minute mark. You can hear my dogs in the back downstairs. That's like probably once an episode. Chris Goodwin's profile picture. For one, his, his thing is just at Chris Goodwin, so you know he's serious. Oh, he's yeah. Got no cover, he's got no cover photo, right? He just, oh, he tweeted five minutes ago, LOL, what a day. His first tweet since 2013. He's back. <laughs> Um, oh, we got the live updates, too. Our official Chris Goodwin coverage is kicked off here on CFP. He's got to come on the show. Right, um, right. We kind of have to at this point. His, uh, his profile picture is him on, like, a four-wheeler. Show, so it, up on the, uh, show it up on the Skype cam there so our viewers can get a visual reference. See, yeah, see see if you guys – if oh, no. Nope, uh, your background's blurry. all blurry because you got them beautiful uh, screen no, effects. it's not blurry, but it's just – I can like, kind can of make it out. It. Looks like him and one He's other person. four-wheeler. He's got yeah, he's cool. Though. <laughs> he's sitting on a four wheeler with 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 a honey, and you know he's sitting there and he's minding his own business. And here's Keen Allen on a you know a Sunday, no a Monday. This, this is midnight. This is past midnight on Monday, and Keen Allen just wants to add him. So, you know what? When you get shut down, don't don't complain. That's all. <laughs> so Evan, I'm gonna let you have your opinions, even though they are wrong, but. With that being said, I just wanted to sneak in some Twitter beef there. I know everybody thought it was entertaining. If you have any thoughts on the show, make sure you leave a comment down on our comment section on YouTube. If you're watching us with video, we do appreciate you. And, of course, if you're listening on any of our podcast platforms, we do appreciate you there as well. With that being said, I think that's just about going to do it for this episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening or watching with video over on YouTube. And if you haven't already, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you are notified whenever we release a new episode of the show. And, of course, you will be notified whenever we go live. We do some live call-in shows every now and again. We're planning to do some of those for the season coming up, so be prepared for that. You can follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. Over there, you can get Buccaneer news and updates on the show. Anything changing, you're going to hear it over there first. With that being said, you can follow myself on Instagram and Twitter at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S. If you follow me, I promise I'll follow you back. And you can follow my co-host Evan on Instagram and Twitter. Twitter is at uh, EvanNFL, and Instagram is Bucks Daily. How about that little name change action for you? So no longer Bucks Wave, Bucks Daily. I dig it. Yes, sir. I was I was waiting for the explanation behind. Well, the name. okay. Well, so okay, I I can give you a short one. So basically, um, Wave is is a is a company that that I've you know I've been I've been working for obviously. So that's why the name was Bucks Wave. And a lot of people ask me like, why not Bucks Football? 
Two reasons. One, technically, like I was told, it kind of like infringes on like the the team brand kind of. And also, get that cease and desist was... letter in the mail, boy. Yeah, that's not what I want. I don't and I don't want it to be Evan Wanders versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, even though I could probably beat him. But because <laughs> everybody else in the NFL can beat him, so why can't I? Oh Jesus um, Christ! Why are you taking shots on your own team? I'm taking <laughs> I'm taking shots today. Good lord. Um. So basically, yeah, I just. You know, and also Bucks football was like it was already taken by like a bot, I think, because they literally had one post from 2018, and it was just their logo. That was it. No, Jesus. Um, so I was like, okay. So then I just I decided I looked around at a bunch of other pages from other teams. I was like, Bucks Daily doesn't sound bad, so I came out with a cool logo, and here we are. So uh, a new era of uh, of of Buccaneer, you know, football and fan page coverage. Basically, I knew that obviously it was going to be an important season with. You know, all the changes they made, and I figured why not make a change, you know, myself. So, hell yeah, new era. And make sure you go check them out Instagram at Bucks Daily. 24,500 followers looking to hit that 25K mark before the official start of the season. I'm Late- stuck right now, guys. I'm stuck. Uh, you you hit a plateau right before the season, but I'm telling you, once we see some pictures come out of these guys in their practice uniforms, that's when everybody's numbers are going to go back up, and I'm very, very excited. Training camp is officially underway, which means your CFP coverage is really only going to ramp up from here, and we're very, very excited to bring it to you. I am Rhett Matthew, signing off for my co-host, the Philly Bucks fan himself, Mr. Evan Wanish. We appreciate you guys listening to our show or watching us right here on YouTube, and we'll catch you next time. Go Bucks! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.